to another episode of Mississippi Speaks. I'm your host, Tevin Brown, and thank you for joining us for another community conversation sponsored by One Voice and the Mississippi State Conference NAACP. Before we begin today's episode, I want to uh, give a huge shout out to Ms. Courtney Body uh, for holding it down and hosting the previous episode, uh, which was all about women. If you haven't already, please go ahead and give that one a listen. I know it was really informative for me, and I think it would be informative for you as well. So go ahead and check that one out if you haven't already. Over the next couple of episodes, we're going to be taking a deep dive into uh, the criminal justice system here in Mississippi. Uh, Over time, you may have seen uh, things related to Mississippi prisons in the news. Um, You yourself may have a loved one um, who's incarcerated or has been incarcerated previously. Or you may just want to know about uh, what was happening in terms of criminal justice reform. And so over the next couple of episodes, we want to take the time to discuss those issues. Which leads us into, the, into our episode today, uh, which is really important and really near and dear to me because uh, I had the opportunity to interview my brother, someone who unfortunately has had to uh, deal and interact with the system as a young person and as an adult. Uh, And so in this interview, we get a chance to uh, learn about him and his journey um, throughout the system, but also his journey on terms of changing the narrative about him and others um, like like him. So it was really amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And so after many, many attempts, uh, we just decided to uh, get in my car and press record while we had a conversation. So disclaimer, um, you'll probably hear noises that you would normally hear uh, while you're driving your car. And I promise you, no traffic violations occurred while we recorded this interview. And without holding you any much longer, uh, here's the interview with my brother. I hope you're enjoying it. And thank you for joining us on another episode. So tell me about yourself. Man, 33-year-old male, ex-con, come from a trouble pass trying to turn over new leaf, try to change the narrative on a lot of on a lot of topics, on a lot of a lot of stereotypes, you know. It's it show that it is it is an ending that outweighs the the former narrative, the story of supposed kind like. So when you say a trouble pass uh, what do you mean? You know, where did where does that where did that start? I would say in my childhood. You know, I, I mean, I can't I can't just say that that I didn't know the right way. I just opposed it. Right, right. And so in that in that trouble past, you know, as a young person, and when you say opposed opposed the right way or laws or rules or whatever. You know, what is it like for a young person who is trying to figure that out when you engage with the system? Well, I, w- I would have to say is it's kind of up and it's kind of up and down. I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated because you're young and you have to and you're forced to have to deal with, you know, extreme changes. You know, being away from family that you you're accustomed to being around, missing holidays, and being able to adapt to some conditions that are not normal. Right. 
What are, can you explain a little bit more about those conditions? I mean, I mean, just just the average person right now will give you a scenario. You think, could you lock them in the closet for an hour? Probably not. <laughs> My point is that. Right. So try spending uh, months and days behind a cell, 23 or 1, at 15. Right, right. And so when you say spending time away from your family, uh, being in the conditions that you're in, you know, is there anything for a young person that that they can find hope in that type of environment? Well, I've always been a spiritual man, spiritual young man, so I always find my hope in the Lord. Right. I mean, it might not be the case for everyone. You know, everybody's faith is different. Everybody, you know, look, have crutches, different crutches, different niches. I mean, how that's the only thing that ever got me through um, any of my situations, you know, looking to the Lord. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, what is what is life like? I mean, it still has its ups and downs, but, like, at the current moment, like, I really can't complain, man. I feel like I'm, like, beyond blessed, like, just just even through, like, all my experience and still have the support team that I have and is still willing to, to go to mile with me and support me in all my endeavors because most people after you did the, the repeated thing so many times, they give up on you. Right. And they write you off as a product of the system. Right. And they say that this is what you're going to be and you're not going to amount to nothing else. So with, with that having the support system still intact, I can't do nothing but scream hallelujah and say I'm blessed. <laughs> right. And so in a support system, uh, do you think that's some? That's probably the most important thing that a person who is in the system, coming out of the system, that they can have. Can you explain a little bit more about I mean, it's, the it's importance? Def- it's definitely vital. I mean, if you don't, if you don't have a support system and you don't have uh, something to lean on, not trying to turn you on a fault because you you get introduced to society that's basically really don't have uh, no understanding or compassion for your uh, former situation. Right. You know, we out here, we got bills, we got stuff to do, we got we got jobs. Either you get with you get up you get with the speed or you get left behind. Right. What would you want people to know about you? You know, people may hear this interview and you know, can think some things they they may can even look you up. But beside, you know, beyond that you know, what would you want people to know about you, your journey, past, uh, present, and then the things that you're trying to accomplish in the future? I, mean, I would just, I, I would want people to know that, you know, don't judge me off my record, or don't judge me off paper, because a lot of times society, that's that's what we're that's what we're measured off the increments of, of paper, what's on paper, and and if you were to if you were to not meet me. Not only blind, blindly to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to measure this guy by paper. Then nine times out of ten, let's say nine point five times out of ten, you're going to be like, well, this is not, this is not somebody that that I want to meet, or this is not somebody that I would, you know, that I would trust, or this is not somebody that that I would be willing to give an opportunity to. And I would just want people to see that that it's it's deeper than the surface, right? You know, 
Don't get me wrong, I take full responsibility for my actions and I pay for them. I pay my debt to society. But also that man that I'm that I do have a big heart. I am I'm a kind person. I am an understanding person. I am an open minded person. I am a compassionate person. I do have a two hundred percent of humanity inside of me. Right. You know, so I that's what that's what I would want my narrative to be told. Let's take it a little bit further and think about like, and I guess even a little bit more personal, you know, one of the things that I think is always interesting, uh, I guess even just looking at the, the two of us is that so much life happened, right? And the way that we found out or you were able to catch up with this life is letters or calls. And so, you know, talk to, I can speak to my experience, but can you speak to your experience of what that's like? you know, in the inside, seeing, you know, people grow up, seeing that you're missing things and, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, it's, it's, it's more definitely uh, troubling that you're not able to experience and uh, sharing in the moments of, you know, your cousins, your brothers, your sister, you know, they're growing, they're graduating, they're, they're maturing, they're experiencing things and you're not there to, you know, it might be an experience that, that you are well-versed in and that you can, you know, you can help them or guide them, but you're not there. There's only so much that you can do through a letter. There's only so much that you can do through a 15-minute phone call or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's, it, you know, presence is very necessary, you know. And, and, and it's, like I say, you just have to be, you know, you just have to roll with the punches and be a, a strong individual. But it's more definitely uh, troubling but it's also on the flip side of things, if you know, very necessary for an individual on the other side of the wall to, you know, to be a part of those moments, you know, whether it be via letter or phone calls or pictures, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, because it makes an individual feel like, you know, they're still uh, somewhat a part of, you know, the process, even though they're not physically a part of the process. Right. Because, I've, I've seen witness a lot of individuals that never get mail, they never get pictures, they never get, you know, they never get nothing. They get no news, they get nothing. Or whatever whatever the news they get is going to be from a chaplain on, on down, which nine times ten when the chaplain talking to you, it's, it's bad news. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's troubling on the flip side, but it's troubling, but it's very necessary on the other side. Right. Another thing that I think is important because when we think about narrative, you know, and I think even just personally between the two of us, uh, when they look at the path that we we both have taken, um, and I think people automatically can jump and say, well, he did this, which landed him here. Yeah. And then I did this. And so, you know, something must be wrong with him, <laughs> you know, because he made this decision. He ended up locked up and. He made his decision, and so he is, you know, off to college, accomplishing these things. And so, you know, I think the knee-jerk reaction or a common reaction is to to give me the microphone to tell your story or to, you know, it could easily be that me to just turn the other way and leave you behind. But what I want to do is, you know, give you the open space to to share your story, to share what you want people to know, you know, maybe some things that you could have done differently 
or just like what you know the future looks like and, and how you're preparing yourself to change that and to shape your future in a way that um you can experience life and, and experience all the stuff that everyone else experienced. Well, I would, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it's, it's always going to be, you know, the assumption is that, okay, well, yeah, he went out, he got degrees and he went to college and he has a, um, a perfect record, but this, this guy, he has a, a, a terrible record and, so, but you got, I say, okay, the apple doesn't fall from the tree. So we come from the same home and the same upbringing, the same village, the same support system. So we know it's not a problem there. So, yeah, you, you might be right about yeah, the individual. Like I say, I chose to take the other route. It, it, it was it was not because of uh, I was lacking or or it was it was a. Uh, uh, trouble house or, or that things, you know, where we, we get caught, like I say, and sometimes in life we feel like that we know everything and we feel like that we want to do what we want to do and you reap the repercussions of, of your action. Every action is a reaction. And eventually, you know, when you get so far out there, man, you got to make your bed, you lie and not I lie in it, and I and I've never, in my whole life, anything, any mishap, any wrong turn I ever took, you would ne- have never ever heard me blame myself. Right. Never. I never pointed the finger. Right. I never said, "Oh, this the reason I did it. This the reason I'm acting out. Oh, my my mama should have did this. My daddy should have did this. I ain't getting no attention. This, this, that, or this. I seen this, or I seen that. Never. Right. I always have always pointed at the, the finger at the right person. Right. Me. Right. <laughs> so, but with that being said, you know, like I say, I, I always, I'm always the guy that, you know, I'm, I'm very big on attaining the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. You know, even when it's seen unattainable. So, even with that, even with that, uh, that notion, I mean, I mean, I've, I've shown that, that this is not the end of the story. Even through, you know, my journey, I still went back, got diplomas, attained uh, social degrees, trades, you know. Uh, so, showed that it's, it's not the end of the story. Could sure. be the beginning of the story of something major. I mean, we 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 since we, we look at some of the the greatest stories in in in, in the Bible, from bondage to kings, right? Look at Joseph. Absolutely. Look at Moses. It took him eighty years to find, you know, what I'm saying the, you know, the master these things. And look at Solomon, who's the wisest man in the Bible. He still had what? How many concubines? <laughs> yeah. Even at some point went to worship my idol gods. And this is the wisest man in the Bible. Right. David, a man after God's own heart, put his put a man on the front line for a woman. Right. Samson. I mean, we can go, we can go, we can go on and on and on. So with that being said, that and these these were men that was super close to God. 
So what you think me and you gonna do? Right. I mean, you said something uh, that uh, caught my attention that I think um, that I want to talk about a little bit is that you said we come from the same home and the same family. And so one thing that's interesting about our family and a lot of black families in Mississippi is that you were not the first one to end up in the inside, right? And we we have an uncle that we've never met in person who spent nearly 30 years in the inside. And so growing up, I always thought that was something that was different. And then as I got older and as I started learning, I started to realize that that's pretty normal that we could have, or many people out in Mississippi have an uncle that spending life sentences or, or long bids in prison. So talk to me a little bit about that, what that what that means to you, because, you know, there is a system out there and we see it progress through families. And, and think about it, man. And, and that right there is an answer inside the question. Right. So, I mean, that's that's really that's really that's really sad that that this is a norm. Right. For for families and in and, and, and the state of Mississippi to to be that every household is every holidays is is family members missing to the system. Right. At a super high rate. You know, and it, to me, I mean, it, it's not it's it's not normal. You making you making something that's that doesn't post to, that doesn't supposed to be going on normal. Families at peace with this. Like you said, bro, like, you're not saying that you shouldn't be judged or pay for your crimes, but why is why is it so many homes with so many family members missing? Right. And then your experience on the inside, you know, what is it? Uh, you may not have an answer, but how does it feel or when you see old guys in the inside who've probably been in there longer than you've been born or, you know, man. hadn't seen their family in 20, it's, 20 years. Man, it's, I mean, it's, it's sad, but at the same time, it's, it's life. You know, it's, I just look at it, I just look at it like this, like, man, if you, if you, if you're going to prison, and you think you're gonna be rehabilitating in prison, man, you're lost and you sound a mistake. Prison is not rehabilitating. You have to rehabilitate yourself. You have to have it in, in, in your mind to say that, man, I'm not doing this no more. And that's it. Because the system itself is not, it's not gonna, not gonna rehabilitate. How can you be rehabilitated when you're around violence? 24-7, you're around uh, extortion 24-7, you're, you're around dire conditions 24-7, eating garbage food, and, and I mean, you in, I'm talking about no AC, and you know, shout out to the facility that they have AC and they accommodate their, their inmates, you know, 
properly, you know, with, with, with the best uh best of service. But at the end of the day, you still you still trapped in the in the four walls and I don't care what nobody say, the worst part about prison or jail is getting used to it. And you say, Man, how can you say that? Because how can you get used to animal like treatment? Because think about it, the pets and animals. What can they do if you don't do it? If you right. don't put the water out in the bucket for them to drink. Right. Do they get water? No. If you don't let them out and walk, do they get water? No. If you don't open the gate and let them out the backyard, are they going to get out? Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at with that. And, man, let's, we, we have to emphasize something that you said so that people can know, you know, right now we're in a heat wave in Mississippi. And you said shout out to the facilities that's providing AC. And so that's not a given. No. And so I think that's something people need to understand because they think someone do something wrong, they go to prison and that's what they deserve. But can you imagine right now, you know, just if you're a listener, listening to this and as hot as it is right now, and you trapped inside of a place with no AC at all. With a hundred inmates on one zone with no AC, ten popping and all that. Right. State facilities, no AC. So that's some things that we have to think about, you know, when we consider, you know, what's going on the inside, you know, that's normal. And like you said, you know, you gotta you gotta get used to that. And that, you know, that's just not right. It's, but like you said, the narrative people don't think that, you know, people are human. And, and so, you know, if you commit a crime or you're in prison, people just let your humanity die. And so that's how we end up with a, you know, a situation where, you know, in a hot Mississippi summer, there are people right now with no AC or yeah. proper food. Zero. So, man, talk to me a little bit about now, like in the process of your life. You're 33. You, you're not, you, you out. Uh, you're living your life. I would say pretty good. <laughs> so, man, what are some of the challenges that, you know, you can speak to yourself, but some challenges that people, you know, who are, who are reentering to, you know, the outside world that they face? I would, I mean, I would say that immediately, you know, they they would probably be um, overwhelmed, probably by the speed of things, you know, uh, how you know how life is moving around. Because of course, you're in a uh, confined, confined space, you know, controlled environment, you know, pretty much the same routine happening in in and over there. And then another thing, you know, immediate responsibilities, you know. Think about it. You you only have. I mean, you only really have so many, so much to do in there. You know that you really, you know, accountable for canteen, keeping your living area, or you working the job, whatever. But that still is incomparable to you know the responsibilities of the world. You know, for like you know, we all see what's going on in the gas fronts instead of searching every day. You know, bills. You know, having to provide a household, provide food for yourself. You know things of that nature where things that you're not you didn't have to do in there that you have to do now you know, I, I would say that probably be the immediate responsibilities that replace 
uh, it probably would be, you know, overwhelming. I would, you know, me, myself, personally, I would like to say that I'm a comedian and a, a media digester. Like, I don't, I, I never have no problem transitioning to nowhere, you know, anything in life. So. But it's not the same, you know, case for everyone. Some people, you know, it takes longer and longer, and I, and I you know, still encounter individuals, you know, these kind of people that's been released that still, you know, even a year later, they're still having trouble in adjusting, having, you know, still can't handle uh, big crowds of people or, you know, big events or just, you know, just the whole weight of the world having responsibilities still, you know, kind of overwhelming because, you know, they're still kind of stuck in the institutional mind frame. That's that would be probably the next thing you know that I would I would have to you know speak on you know transforming your mind you know because that's the that's the most vital part about it you know transition and transforming your mind in your mind you know back you know accustomed to the world and thinking through the world because how you will react in prison. It's not the same thing how you should react out here in the street, okay? Because it's it's not the same, you know. You don't have to, you know, stand up or, or hold your ground and all that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know. The case may be, you know, you know stuff happened out here, you know. But it's not the same. It's two it's two different worlds, and, and that's what that's what I would have to say. Probably would be the biggest burden for somebody immediately, probably immediate responsibility and uh, transforming their mind back to you know the, the speed of the world. Right. And then those responsibilities, could you just add a little bit about just the small things that, you know, people who have never had to experience an inconvenience or anything like that about a small thing like getting your driver's license or applying for a job or even, you know, having to depend on, you know, some people don't have support networks, but even if you do have a support network, you're completely dependent on people who have their own schedules and, you know, you got to, you know, trust that they can get you to a job when you do have it because you got to have it. Right. And so can you speak a little bit about oh, know, some man, of those that's, things? That's, that's, that's most definitely uh, uh, could be a, a roadblock. You know, because like you say, people have already, they've already formed their schedule. And you, you're coming out, you is, cause could somewhat, you know, be uh, a hinder to their schedule. You know, so yeah, that, that can, that can, that's, that's, that's a, that's a great, uh, great question, man. Uh, because, like you say, man, you might have some, they might be going to work at 3 o'clock and you have to be to work at 3 o'clock. Or you have to go to work at 9 in the morning. They don't want to, they don't get out of their bed at 10 in the morning. <laughs> right. Or, you know, yeah, so it's, it's definitely, you know, I, w- I would say that you would have to already have it in your mind to be prepared to make adjustments whatever you you know you might have I mean I know it's hot you might you know you might you might have to be look up the bus schedules uh, be prepared you know to 
to walk sometime. Or, you know, be, be prepared to, you know, like I say, man, just, I mean, it's, it's, those definitely are, are, are some realistic uh, hurdles you might have to jump over. Right. Just adjusting, man. And even for us who the world's changing constantly around us. And so, you know, even just outside is is hard adjusting. But, you know, when you are 100 percent, you know, sometimes dependent on that, I just can't imagine this, this, this can be very, very difficult. Last thing, man, you know, what parting words you have for us? What what some things that you would some more stuff that you would like people to know? It's your floor. This is your time. Like I said, man, I pretty much I pretty much summed it up, man. Like when when you asked me originally, like I said, I just I just want people to to meet the to meet the individual and then they make their judgment off, you know, an initial meeting. Not don't just I don't want to be judged off paper. I don't want to be judged off mug shots. I don't want to be judged off MDOC.com. I want to be I want to be judged and remembered off um, your account. You know, I want to be be judged off. You know what I'm doing right now, right? Rather than what I used to do, right? Or what I have done. You know, I don't want to be brought off as that guy, right? I want to be brought off and judged off this guy, right? That's, that's actively, that's proactively trying to, you know, that's trying to better, you know, better to his to his fullest capacity to do what I can do. And and I really and I don't I don't really feel like that. If people were to sit down and, and talk to me and, and meet me or spend a day with me, that they would feel the same way they felt if they read my if they read my transcript. I don't think they would feel. I don't think they would feel the same. Right. Man, I appreciate it, man, and uh, thanks for spending time with us. Is um, and, and sharing, you know, your story and um, just really giving you a time and being open about this. And so, man, I just want to say from my perspective, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing, changing your narrative. But, you know, beyond that, of just, you know, how you responded to a lot of stuff. You know, I know, you know, a lot has happened. You know, we didn't go into detail, but, you know, to be able to be where you are today is amazing. And to see that, that's truly inspiring. And so, you know, I agree. You know, I want people to see you for who you are right now. And to see that and know all that you've been through and you still are the person that you are now. But for others, man, and so I just want to, you know, tip my hat off to you and say, man, I'm super proud. And I, and I know you're going to do it. And I know that, you know, the future and what you want for yourself, you're going to accomplish it. And... I'm going to help as much as I can, you know, and and always be there for you, man. So I just want to say I appreciate you, man. I love you. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for sharing with us and, and uh, spending time with us today. Hey, man, it's likewise, man. Like I say, I'm always, I always been your biggest fan. I'm always going to be your biggest fan. And the love is definitely mutual. And we're just going to continue, you know, to let this light shine, man. Not hiding on the bush, man, and hiding in public, keeping in public, man, <laughs> so it can be displayed and, and shown and, and radiated, and so people can see that, man. It's 
is light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, over the next couple of episodes, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the criminal justice system here in Mississippi. As you can see, this is something that has impacted uh, my family and me. And so I'm really excited to learn more about what's going on here in Mississippi and sharing with you about uh, what you can do um, to, to help support um, the work that's being done across the state. Again, thank you so much for tuning in with us and we look forward um, to talking to you soon.